It's a confessional start to this segment of the Fast Lane because I haven't yet read Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com's new article that is up about Virginia Tech and the bowl victory in the Military Bowl yesterday in Annapolis against Tulane, which you heard on your own for the Hokies, the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Also, I've misspelled the name or mispronounced the name. It's Kelvin Gilliam, not Kevin Gilliam, Kelvin Gilliam. I think Kelvin Harris, our friend from uh, the Miami Huddlecast, uh, Inside the U podcast, who joins us whenever Miami's on the docket for teams. But alas, total transition. So two confessionals. One, haven't yet read the article that came out earlier today from Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com. It is on my to-read list, though, if not in the next 36 hours. Certainly once I hop on that plane from Charlotte to Phoenix, Arizona to cover the Fiesta Bowl between Liberty and Oregon. So, that is where we begin right now. We hope that our next guest, Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com, will accept that confession that we have not yet read his article, or that I at least haven't. You might have if you're listening to us, and we thank you for doing that, of course. Chris, a pleasure to speak with you. First and foremost, it is the season of giving or receiving, and we hope to receive your apology acceptance from not having read your article yet. (laughs) Yeah, totally forgiven. In fact, it hadn't been up on the site for all that long. So, uh, yeah, and I know you've been busy getting ready for your show today. It it has been there, and I've got this total meticulous thing where I'll go to get different articles either at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, and I have an entire queue where I get to read them. And uh, it didn't happen to be out at the beginning of the day. I understand you got to gather your thoughts and put all that together. So it'll pop up for the next day's work of uh, worth of work. Anyway, Chris, total side note on that. To the, to the gutter, if you will. Virginia Tech gets the victory in the military bowl yesterday. It wasn't even the most crisp performance, partially because of the weather, maybe partially because of you know preparation and, and Tulane playing better than expected, but yet Virginia Tech was always in control, and they still managed to win by 21. How much does that give this program a shot in the arm of more momentum heading towards the offseason in 2024? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it, it, it gives a boost of confidence. And I, I think it's good for the fans, you know, uh, after a tough season last year and a tough start uh, to this season, you know, there, there needed to be some belief in there. And, and with the way Virginia Tech, you know, they won six of their last nine and all their wins were, you know, blowout wins. So uh, that, that's good to see. And, and you know, I, I think it, it, you know, gives the players a boost, a morale boost, a confidence boost, you know. You know, they're saying believe in the process, trust the process. Well, you know, they've trusted the process, and and they've gotten better. They're starting to get better results. And, uh, you know, I think Brent Pry, he always wins the offseason, and now he's got even more ammo to go into the offseason, into recruiting, um, into living rooms, uh, into high schools, things like that. He can say, look, we improved by – four wins this year and we've got everybody coming back next year this has a chance to be a very good team next year and it looks like the Hokies are you know it's still early in the Pry era but looks like they're they seem to be establishing you know the roots of a strong program a strong in-state recruiting program a guy who knows to how to utilize the portal properly as well so uh yeah I mean I think it just gives a it's it's a it was, a, you know, it wouldn't have been the end of the world if Virginia Tech had lost the game, but, but uh, you know, I think in the end that seven and six sounds and looks a lot better than six and seven. You've touched on many different points that we can address later today in our chat with Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com here in the fast lane. One of them being uh, the coaching. How much did the evolution of the coaching from the one and three start to the latter part of the year? 
show itself out in the beginning of the year when the running game was struggling. The coaching staff needed to bail it out, but by the end of the year, it seemed like the offense had enough confidence in the offensive line. They were able to complement that yesterday. It was such a generic running game earlier in the season. There weren't very many moving parts to it as far as motion and, and, and smoke and mirrors and things like that. If you think back to that Purdue game and Baishal Tootin had eight carries for four yards and, and Virginia Tech had negative rushing yards up until the, their last drive of the game. And I think they only finished with about 10 rushing yards in that game. And, and But, you know, now they're going to finish 23rd nationally in rushing offense. They, I mean, they, I, there were some scheme tweaks after the Marshall game. Um, uh, about schematically how I wanted to attack defenses, defenses specifically in the run game, but some in the pass game as, as well. And I think that just worked wonders for, for the program. And as it turned out, what the scheme was adapted to was a perfect fit for uh, Kyron Drones. So I, I thought it was a really good in-season coaching job uh, by Virginia Tech. You, you can nitpick and say that, you know, thinking back to last season with some of the comments Pry made, about the offense, about how it was too vanilla. I think he wanted that change made earlier, and I'm not exactly sure why it wasn't, but uh, all's well that ends well, and I thought it was a really good in-season coaching job by that staff to get things going back on track. Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com stepping into the fast lane. Chris, um, the evolution of the coaching staff and where it is for Virginia Tech, how much does it bear itself out in – who all is returning from this offense, which is outside of tack, tight end Daquan Wright, pretty much every key contributor that was eligible to return from the quarterback, Kyron Drones, to the running back, Basial Tutin, to all four wide receivers, they're all expected to be back next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's big. I think it's a group of players that enjoys playing with each other and they enjoy playing for this coaching staff and and as we saw yesterday even losing daquan Wright, virginia tech's got pretty good tight end depth you know they had touchdown catches from a pair of redshirt freshmen tight ends uh that were you know fairly highly touted guys coming out of high school so uh so the, the, you know that and they could potentially get nick gallo back next year as well if you know if he chooses to use that extra year so you know i i think they are well set up next year and they've added an offensive line reinforcement through the portal in the form of Montavious Cunningham and I think he's going to come in and you know compete for heavy playing time immediately so uh, and I, I think also it's not just you know so many good players returning it's it's they know who they are now they know their identity as an offense but they didn't know who they were last year I mean the offense they ran in the spring compared and even early parts of the season compared to what they ran after the Marshall game it was a lot different, and I'd like to play Purdue again. I'd like to play Marshall again, running the offense that Tech is running now, and I think we would have got different results in those two games. But, you know, you start off this spring ball you know, here in a few months, and you're going to know who your quarterback is. You're going to know the exact offense that you're going to be running, and I just think that you're not going to be starting from scratch. You're going to be starting out knowing exactly what you need to be doing, and I think that that's going to make a lot of difference. Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com stepping into the fast lane. Chris, the other side of the ball, defense. Virginia Tech, they get key contributors back. Fuga and APR on the defensive line. Both cornerbacks with Dorian Strong and Monsoor Delane returning. And they address the biggest areas of need. Three defensive tackles with the addition of Kelvin Gilliam from Oklahoma uh, joining Copeland from Iowa Western, Virginia Beach guy, and uh, you know Payne the uh, in, in joining the 
uh, Darius Payne, the Duke defensive tackle, plus Brumfield, the middle linebacker. So Tech keeping who they want and addressing the areas they expected to address as well. How much better can this defense be? Uh, yeah, I think it can be a lot better. You know, I think the, there were lots of times this year where they were very good, but when they faced a really, really good running back and a good running game in general, you know, they could get gashed, as we saw against Louisville, as we saw against Florida State and Marshall and Rutgers, teams like that. Uh, you know, they, they have a natural Mike linebacker on this team. Uh, like, I, I love what they've done in the portal at defensive tackle it was sorely needed but as far as like individual just one individual goes i don't think there's a more important transfer signing than sam brumfield who's a who's a natural instinctive middle linebacker and and that's something that this defense lacked this year and i think you know his addition has a chance to 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 really improve that group against the run next season we're chatting with chris coleman of techsideline.com chris coleman tsl on twitter and he's with us here in the fast lane. Chris, uh, from Virginia Tech, there's player retention and there's player acquisition. Focusing on the player retention part, first and foremost, of the players that Virginia Tech retained, were there any, and if so, who are they, players that the coaching staff thought, we might not be able to hold on to this player, but yet they did? I, I think they, they, uh, they went into the process thinking that they had a good chance to retain them. I, I think there's some good players there. But, like, you know, I think Daquan Felton has a chance to be an, an, an NFL wide receiver. But I think he's, he's a really good athlete, but he's still very raw as a receiver. And I think he probably would have been a late-round pick. And, and I think from an NIL perspective, Virginia Tech can compete very well with, with, with late-round NFL draft pick money when you're not even guaranteed to make a roster spot. Um, same thing at running back with Tootin. You know, running backs these days don't get drafted very high. Uh, so, you know, I think it was in his best interest to come back for, for, for another year. Um, so I always felt good about retaining those guys. I mean, you never know what you're getting, quite getting yourself into these days with the transfer portal. But, but you know, I think Virginia Tech is very competitive in the NIL field, I think, uh, and I, I, they, I think they've made strides over the course, huge strides over the course of the last year. And they're having a very good month this month as far as uh, donations being raised for NIL. And, uh, and I think you know, a strong end to football season is, is obviously helping fuel some of that stuff. And we talk about a momentum, and, that, and that, that's another part of it, your fundraising. Uh, whether it's for you know your traditional hokey club donations or or whether it's nil i mean winning football games helps with things like that so uh yeah i, I think virginia tech felt reasonably good about retaining all those guys but you know they, they still had to still had to get it done on their end and you know i think the coaches have done a very good job there chris you mentioned fundraising in a very healthy spot relatively speaking for nil Five players have come in from the transfer portal for Virginia Tech where theoretically you think that might be a bigger focus in terms of having the viable NIL. From those five players who come in, one offensive lineman, one middle linebacker, three defensive tackles, was it NIL? Was it properly identifying who fits the needs that Virginia Tech has? Or was it a combination? Oh, you know, I think for some of these guys, like Sam Brumfield, his coach left at Middle Tennessee. So I think not only not only that, but I think he proved himself. I mean, he played well against Alabama and Missouri this past year. This is a good player. And I think he wanted to test himself at a higher level of football. Um, and, you know, 
and he gets Peoples down at Duke, his coach left. Uh, and then, you, you know, you're talking about a Juco guy from Virginia. Um, I think NIL plays a role there, but, but I, I think the main thing was all five of those players come in and they know they're going to see heavy playing time from the very, very beginning. And, you know, we, we saw that last year with, uh, you know, Jalen Lanes and uh, Jalen Lane and Baisal Tootin, you know, uh, Ollie Jennings, even though he uh, got hurt. You know, it was just an opportunity to play a higher level, higher level of football. Um, I, I, yes, NIL helps. But, uh, you, you know, you, you, you also, you know, you can, these guys can get an NIL from – a lot of schools. I mean, they also want to see the playing, you know, the, the, a clear path to playing time when they make those decisions because that's the reason most guys go into the portal anyway. It is indeed. One of the reasons we go to Chris Coleman of TexIlon.com is for his great insight and analysis, Chris. So we'll wrap it up on this question, and that is for Virginia Tech. We mentioned it at the beginning of our show, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where people listen to podcasts if they want to go back and keep our seats like Coach Prime. Your colleague, Andy Bitter, had an article about this. Are you on board that there's justified optimism and it's worth being very excited heading into 2024? Yeah, absolutely. I wrote that in my article, too, actually, before I even read Andy's. I didn't read Andy's until I, so ah, after I wrote yes. mine. And then I went and read Andy's, and I'm like, man, we kind of talked about some of the same things. But, but yeah, I, like I said earlier, this was a 6-6 a six and six team in the regular season, but you play those those that Purdue game and and that Marshall game over again with the current offense with the, with the, the current offensive scheme and and if you could just start that process a little bit earlier I, th- I think you win those two football games and you're really talking about eight and four this year I, I think Tech see, they're playing more like an eight and four team than a six and six team and so with everybody coming back from what. You know, I think should have been probably an eight and four team in hindsight. I think there's a definite reason for optimism. The schedule sets up well. Um, they've got they do play Clemson, but that's at home, and you know Clemson is not you know, not the superpower that they they once were. And they got Miami on the road, but you know Miami's Miami. They they vary from a year to year basis, and even on a week to week basis. You know, you might get a really good Miami performance. You might get a really lousy one, but. You know, I would sit here and think that in those other ten games, Virginia Tech's going to be favored. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it, and uh, and I think it's it's fair to go ahead and uh, jump on that uh, jump on the hype train right now because I do think Tech's got a chance to be very good next season. Optimism abounds from Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com. Chris, thank you for your time today in the fast lane, and yes, we do plan to go read your article uh, as soon as we wrap up the show. Appreciate it, Ed. Always enjoy it. Indeed. Chris Coleman with us here in the fast lane. We'll get to him more when basketball season rolls around on that side of things. But when we return, Liberty, football. They're finally settled into Phoenix, Scottsdale, I guess specifically, getting ready for the Fiesta Bowl. So Oliver Hodgkinson of collegefootballnetwork.com will discuss that matchup next here in the fast lane.